0: Good afternoon, Longhorn fans. It's a beautiful Wednesday evening here in Austin, Texas. Today, we're going to be talking a little Longhorns baseball, a little buy or sell, and some winners from Texas athletics over the weekend. But first, we start with an update on Texas basketball. This is Off the Bench Podcast with Robert Larkin and Luke Hendry. Welcome to Off the Bench Podcast.
1: I'm Luke Hendry alongside Robert Larkin. And Kansas came to town on Monday and showed just why they are the top team in the country. Texas was trounced eighty-six to fifty-six and the Jayhawks got off to a 15-0 start that could not be caught. The Horns only shot 30% from the field, while the Big 12 champs shot 64. Coach Smart and the Horns have to look past this and look at it as a learning experience and think more like how they played against Oklahoma two days before. What what are your takes away from this?
0: Uh, Yeah, what started off as a promising weekend for the Longhorns basketball program really soured on Monday evening, and it's really upsetting because... The win against OU was a real hallmark victory for Shaka Smart. I think that victory signified what his team wanted to be when Big 12 tournament play and the NCAAs came around here in March. So it's kind of an upsetting uh, ending to the weekend, but I don't think you can take away from the Longhorns' performance on Monday. It was one of the most uh, lively atmospheres I've ever seen at the Frank Irwin Center. Uh, Texas played outstanding the entire game, especially in the second half, and ending on a fantastic 25-5 run to end the game. Yeah, that's absolutely abso- incredible. Yeah, absolutely spectacular. You had key contributions from all major players, and it really showcased the depth of the uh, Texas basketball team, which is something that's really starting to stand out, that's separating them head and shoulders over the rest of the conference, and it's, putting, it's put them at fourth in a comfortable position to make the tournament. And probably make an impact in the Big 12 tournament. I think they played great defense. Kerwin Roach limited Buddy Heald in the second half. And I think Javon Felix stepped up. And Prince Ibe also stepped up. Two guys we ripped on a podcast last week. Maybe they listened and uh, got an idea of how to play basketball. But it was an outstanding uh, performance from the uh, Texas basketball team against OU. So let's not overlook that. I mean, we had great contributions, like I said, from everyone. Connor Lambert also played well. Don't want to forget him. But... As you said, it's very hard to ignore what happened on Monday against Kansas.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean the the thing is is that against OU I will I will have to agree with the thing about the crowd. It was the first time in a long time that I had seen that kind of energy at the Frank Irwin Center. I think that had a lot to do with that 25-0 run that they had to close out the game. But at the end of the day, you you have to take that win and really, really try to use it to mute out what happened on Monday. Then again, Bill Self and Kansas, they are the number one team in the country. They can't look at this as a huge, huge negative. they got to think back to what they did in shutting down Buddy Hield and the Red Rival rivalry and that's what they got to look past. A 30-point loss to Kansas is something they cannot hang their heads on.
0: At the same time, though, it's not all sunshine and roses for the Texas Longhorns. I mean, the game was over at tip once you saw the way Kansas exploded, the way they were coming out and shooting the basketball. They made 11 threes and led by as many as 24 points at halftime, inevitably winning by 30, as you said. And... Limited Texas is shooting 23%. And obviously there's going to be days where you don't shoot the basketball well. But when there's that big of a disparity between the two teams, you think it's more than just an off day. So does, is this something troubling or is it something we're going to look past? I think it would be more troubling because it kind of signifies that the long courts may not necessarily be where we want them to be if they want to advance to, say, the Final Four. And I'm not saying that should be the goal for this basketball team. People are saying they may not even make the NCAA tournament at the beginning of the year. But I'm saying that this team aspires to do something like that. They're going to have to play a hell of a lot better than they did on Monday night. What this
1: is, is it's going to be a true test of what Shaka Smart can do with a program. They go to Friday, they head to Stillwater, play OSU. And then the following weekend, they head to a Big 12 tournament. First Big 12 tournament ever for Shaka. First Big 12 tournament for the three freshmen, Kerwin Roach, Tevin Mack, and Eric Davis Jr. I think that's going to be important for those guys to lean on the shoulders of the guys who have been there and use that tournament as a way to carry some momentum into March. But with that said, we're going to turn now to a little buy or sell. So, Robert, I ask you, would you buy or sell that Texas beats OSU on Friday?
0: Uh, I'll buy that. I think the Horns respond positively to their big loss on Monday. Shaka Smart talks about the mental state of this team all the time, and I think he's reinforcing to his players that, as you said, it's one game at a time, especially against a great team like Kansas. I think they bounce back and make a solid victory. I think they shut down Juwan Evans. I think they make some key plays down the stretch and come away with a key victory before Big 12 tournament play. Buy or sell, Luke? Texas finishes as a five seed or higher in the NCAA tournament.
1: You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna sell that. I think you know uh, the the big win against OU was huge, but we saw what happened against Kansas. I do believe they will beat OSU, but the Big Twelve tournament makes a big impact. And I think when seven potential teams are gonna make it, I don't see them staying in the top twenty-five through that. I think they may go out kind of early in that tournament in Kansas City. So unfortunately, I don't see him in the top five seeds, but that may be good for Texas. I think if they're, you know, maybe a six, seven, or even eight seed, uh, they can make some of that kind of, you know, underdog noise in the NCAA tournament. So, But I would sell that they're going to be a five or higher seed. And lastly, buy or sell, Robert. Texas will find a clear big man down low next season with the loss of Prince eBay and really no maturity from Shaq Clare's part.
0: Uh, tough question because it's tough to predict what's going to happen in the course of a year. But I would have to buy that. I think either Shaq Claire develops over the offseason, like we saw with Prince eBay, for example, this season. We saw what Shaka Smart and his coaching staff can do with a little time and a little development. But also, I think the Longhorns secure a key pledge from Jarrett Allen, the center, from St. Stephen's here in Austin. So I, I have to figure that they're going to fill that spot somehow, some way before we reach next November. Texas baseball traveled last night to San Marcos
1: and knocked off the Texas State Wildcats 10 to 4, but upcoming this week starting tomorrow night they have a four-game series against the 11th ranked California Bears. Now with that said, the, there's four players, I think, that stand out for this Longhorn team from the mound standpoint. I think you've got to look at Nolan Kingman, a freshman, Ty Colbreth, a senior who's the leading leading pitcher on this squad, Kyle Johnston, another strong arm, and Connor Mays. I think those four guys are going to be huge throughout this season, as especially in this series against California.
0: Yeah, it's a big series coming up against a very proven California team, a team with a lot of expectations in Pac-12 play this year. So, And we've seen them play against Pac-12 competition already. Splitting two against Stanford was a huge, huge, uh, I think, kind of victory for them in a sense that uh, they can play with the big boys uh, across the country. But Texas has got to find a way to get hitting in much-needed moments. Uh, It's very inconsistent. You see a 1-0 loss one night, then a big win the next night, and then a 9-1 win the next night, and then all of a sudden they're getting shut out the next day. It's kind of frustrating to watch, and it's baseball. It's going to happen, especially in the college game where it's even less predictable than, say, the major leagues. But you have to have guys that step up. I mean, there's no lack of talent on the squad. Zane Gerwitz is playing well. Trace Perez is playing well. Michael Cantu, Patrick Mathis, all having solid seasons with the bat. But I think when you get to the bottom half of the lineup, say five or so on for the Texas Longhorns, there's not a guy that pitchers are really scared to pitch against. And I think that's kind of alarming if you want this team to go far, and uh, to say to Omaha or in the NCAA tournament. And we expect that at uh, Texas. It's like saying Alabama's not going to make the college football playoffs. It, I mean, Texas is the Alabama of baseball. So I think it's going to be pivotal for this Longhorn team to keep up the g- good pitching. Ty Colbert, as you said, had an amazing weekend as well. But it's going to come down to if the Longhorn bats start to speed up and start to play better. Is If they start performing consistently, this is one of the best teams in the Big 12.
1: Yeah, there's one thing that Coach Augie has done at Texas since he came here, and that's he brings in great pitchers. And like I said, the four guys on the mound that are going to be huge starters throughout this season, but you've got to look at returning redshirt sophomore, Morgan Cooper, a relief pitcher who just came off Tommy John surgery, and a guy who's really standing up and taking on a role as a relief pitcher and done a great job of closing out some victories for the Horns, is freshman Chase Shugart. So the Texas team is going to have to rely from the mound and, and rely on that position because that's where their players are.
0: Uh, and I think all proven points about this Texas baseball squad, and like you said, relief pitching has actually been something that I thought has been a key uh, development this season for the Texas Longhorns. I didn't uh, imagine they were going to do that well, but they've got huge Huge games coming up. Cal, Sam Houston State, a very good ball club in the state of Texas. And then UCLA, always a perennial powerhouse. And then you got that big, big game looming in mid-March against Texas A&M.
1: There's no doubt that fans are going to be ready um, for that contest. Texas A&M, always strong in the sport of baseball. So that one will be fun in College Station. But what we like to do now is look at three winners that have done really, really great here at the 40 Acres in Athletics this week. And we start with Texas pitcher Ty Colbreth. He was announced earlier today that he was the Big 12 Pitcher of the Week. He had eight innings of shutout with 12 strikeouts and led Texas to that big 9-0 win over Stanford.
0: Uh, another guy who, or another team, actually that performed admirably this weekend on the Forty Acres was the number one ranked men's Texas swimming and diving team, a team consistently overlooked here on the Forty Acres. But my God, talk about dominance in a, in a sport! And this is an alarming stat, no matter what sport you're talking about: thirty-eight or thirty-seven straight swimming titles, conference titles under Coach Reese in the, in the swimming program here at UT, and that includes 20 consecutive Big 12 titles, which yeah. is absolutely outstanding. Junior Clark Smith set the record in the 1650-yard freestyle, and I have to say, probably the most impressive record I have ever seen. 37 straight conference titles. That is impressive.
1: There's no doubt the women Texas swimming team and diving team did the exact same thing. They won the Big 12 tournament, but I think it's going to be key here is there's some men and women on these squads that are going to make some noise, possibly in some Olympic trials. So we'll take a look at that. But the last winner that we have for this week was Texas coach Charlie Strong. He did another great job with Junior Day. Five stars came into town. Baron Browning and Jeffrey Okuda both made visits to the campus. Football recruiting never stops. And I think Charlie Strong did a great job with Junior Day this week.
0: Yeah, we love recruiting here at the state of Texas, and it never stops. Junior Day right off a of big National Signing Day of victory. It's pivotal to keep the momentum going at all times here on the 40 Acres. Charlie Strong did an excellent job of reeling guys to campus. The one guy I'm still looking for to make it to campus is my boy Marvin Wilson. From Houston Episcopal, Marvel Ray, for you to come down and visit us anytime here in Austin. And with that,
1: we say so long from Off the Bench Podcast with Luke Hendry and Robert Larkin. Until next week, have a good one.